there is quite a lot of breastage in underbelly. But when it comes to Gamora, you see an awful lot of Naples. The Hulk is the only menopausal role model in the history of TV and film. I know you're a big fan of FUBAR, Adam. And you said it was your one to watch for 2023. I think you just missed out the word not from that sentence. I know as we were talking before about underbelly having a lot of breastage. Do you think there's a chance Roger will be showing off his Winkleman? <laughs> I don't think it's that sort of show. Sorry, um, I just want to clarify. So it's a grower, not a shower. This podcast was recorded remotely and may contain adult language and themes. Hello and welcome to TV DNA, The Watch List. This week we are going to be talking about The Change as well as other stuff we've been watching, what's coming soon, and a little bit of TV news. My name is Adam Henning and I'm joined this week by Damien Cooper. Hello. And Grace Chapman. Hello. How are you both? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I'm grand. Just sort of still reeling from talking to Adam's mum in our best interest special. What a joy that was. Hashtag mumming. <laughs> yes, we have just finished recording our our best interest special that we promised last week. Schedules have meant that we weren't able to record until this week. Similarly, with our Black Mirror special that we promised last week. That will also be recorded this week and out as soon as we can manage. Let's talk about then. So we, we, we're covering our main show this week is The Change, which is a Channel 4 comedy show uh, created by Bridget Christie. This is a story of a woman going through the menopause. She finds out that she is going through the menopause at a fairly early age and who, who makes a life-changing decision. What did you think of this show, Grace Chapman? I loved this. Kel surprise. <laughs> I thought this was great. It's a great setup. Uh, it's not much of a spoiler, uh, but she's basically clocking up. I mean, she's been doing it for years, this character, hasn't she? She's been clocking up in minutes and seconds all the invisible work that she's been doing in her life. Whether that's literally like 30 seconds of wiping down a table or or it's, you know, much, much bigger jobs. And she's, as she hits menopause, she basically decides to kind of claim it back um, and goes off on a kind of, on an adventure, basically. And I didn't know what to expect from it, really, going into it. And I found it funny and sharp and very, very pacey. I mean, that first episode covers a hell of a lot in about 25 minutes. And I don't think there's much, I mean, I, don't, I haven't seen much like it at the moment on telly in terms of its style. It's kind of quirky and off the wall as well. Yeah, it is very much so. And I think that you use the word setup and it's right because actually the change and the, I mean, the menopause runs through it as a, as a, a theme. It's not sort of really heavy handed in that way. But the change also refers to her decision to change her life, essentially. And and how that impacts the way that she thinks and and behaves but it becomes about so much more I mean I've watched I think three or four of these now but it is about a change of lifestyle it's about resistance to change whether that be the deterioration of traditional British values uh, it's about gender gender equality or and it's also about the change of this rural landscape and this is you know set in the forest of Dean in Gloucestershire and it's very much this kind of, it feels like a state of the nation piece, but focused on a really, really rural setting. 
and community. That's, I think, is where a lot of the comedy comes from in the show. Yeah, there's definitely some, even in episode one, you're like, no one, that's not real. But actually, <laughs> it probably is, you know, like, there's just some great moments, uh, great moments set in this forest that I really loved. And just some really clever writing, I think, really sharp comedy, just really good one-liners from Bridget Christie constantly. I, and I just have to give a shout out to, I think, what, one of my favourite lines of TV this year, and, you know, I'm, I'm putting succession into that, guys. The Hulk is the only menopausal role model in the history of TV and film. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I, I just, I felt like, I was like, yes, that is perfect. It was wonderful. And there's so many really small moments, like, Obviously, I'm I'm not 50, I'm not hitting the menopause, but there are small moments of just I really recognize when hormones can be very powerful. And they just really beautifully done. There's a moment with some Tupperware in episode one. I just felt like, yes, oh my God, that's exactly how it feels. So I haven't seen this yet, and I really want to, I just haven't had time. So I think unsurprisingly, from what you've both said, the comedy is very good. I guess I wonder, does it occasionally out of nowhere suddenly become quite hot and steamy? (laughs) (laughs) Not yet, no, not that I've seen, Adam. (laughs) Well, there's there's that scene with Paul Whitehouse, isn't there, where like that's about as close as it gets to being hot and steamy, but actually is just hilarious, is very, very funny and so well done. I think they are both in that scene. It was was my favourite scene of the first episode, I think, where she meets Paul Whitehouse's character. It's characterful is what it is, the show, like, and so many brilliant people. I think in that first episode, you you mainly meet Paul Whitehouse uh, and then the sisters who are played by Monica Dolan and Susan Lynch, who are hilarious. But in in the, I think in the second episode, you meet most of the rest of them. Um, so you've got T- Tanya Moody and Jim Howick, who are, are sort of radio hosts in this community cafe um, of very sort of, almost polar opposite views on things, uh, but both brilliant. And then you've got Jerome Flynn as well, who, who plays a character called Pigman. Yeah, so, so many really brilliant people, performers that I genuinely love in these incredible characters that Bridget Christie's created. Uh, and you're definitely right about the writing. I think, you know, it shows that she's got a stand-up background because I think the, the dialogue is sharp and punchy and really well-written. Yeah, and we've also got Ahmed Jalali, who is her husband, who she sort of left behind in order to go on this journey. And then um, Lisa Tarbuck, who is her older sister, who has some absolutely cracking lines in the first episode, delivered just perfectly. And yeah, it just, it, it, it was, for me, it was quite exciting to watch. And I really liked how, what Bridget Christie's done with her character. She's very kind of straight talking, quite no nonsense, but also has She's no nonsense, but also has put up with a lot of crap, you know? So it's those those two kind of contradictions are really nice. And uh, and I just love that she's not really, well, in episode one, you know, it would be easy to kind of make her kind of a bit of a victim of her menopause and a bit of a victim of her circumstance, but that's not the case at all. So um, yeah, big, um, I wholeheartedly recommend the change. Yeah, that's lovely. You talked about Amy Jalili and Lisa Tarbuck and their characters. Again, the sort of comedy shines through their situations 
as the as the story progresses, as the show goes on. So that none of them are there as filler. They're all there providing a perspective and comedy at the same time. And I think that's an incredible achievement to do that with such a big cast of brilliant people. Presumably, that's how she got them all involved by giving them all these wonderful roles, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like you said, they all are like I think Lisa Tarbuck's like, like, I hear you've gone, I fear you've gone on a journey because you've had to do a bit of ironing. It's like, <laughs> just, <laughs> just really, really brilliant. Yeah, I think every there's not a wasted line in the show. Definitely. Grant, so that's a big, big recommendation from us for the change. Check it out on Channel 4. There are there's short 20, 25, 30 minute episodes. Um, and yeah, I am inhaling these as fast as I can. Uh, Damo, tell us what you've been watching. Well, I haven't watched much because I've been incredibly busy, but what I have seen uh, is some football, the qualifiers for the Euros. So I watched a couple of England games where we were comfortably victorious, the men's team that is, uh, and then I also watched Scotland's game against Georgia and they won and uh, currently things are looking very good for Scotland qualifying for the Euros which is very exciting. I mean some might say that was the most dramatic thing on TV in the last week right their their victory over Norway was was last gasp right? Yeah pretty exciting and then if you want if you want to add if the drama was beating Norway last minute the game against Georgia was farce. So it absolutely tipped it down in Glasgow. It was the pitch was soaking wet. They had to try and clear the rainwater from the pitch. Uh, so the game stopped for an hour and a half as they got as pretty much as long as a game of football takes. Uh, just these poor, poor grounds people just pushing water off a pitch for 90 minutes. <laughs> but it was worth it. Top of the group. So we are top of the group. And we haven't spoken to you since since Black Mirror. You watched all of that. Enjoyed? Uh, mixed bag for me, Black Mirror. Sacrilegious, some might say, but only insofar as the standard level for Black Mirror is significantly higher than probably about 95% of other TV shows. So I think some of them are really good and some of them by Black Mirror standards are average is what I would say. But thankfully, we've got a special where we'll talk about this in detail. We have indeed, yes. Grant, Grace and I briefly touched on our, our who would be our, our sort of fictive versions of ourselves. I listened to that episode. By the way, I, I highly recommend people listen to last week's Watch This episode with Adam and Grace. It was charming. <laughs> so go on, Damo, who would be, who would be some of your fictive levels? I mean, I was going to throw a, a Christian Slater in there. Is that uh, acceptable? Lovely. Yeah, I mean, I have been, uh, I have been compared to Christian Slater. My worry is that James Corden would probably be <laughs> no. a, a lower layer. It's a really good question. I get, I've been told I look like lots of different people, but I think I just have one of those faces. I think Christian Slater is a good shout. I'm, I'm happy with that one. That's a kind of Salma Hayek level, probably for me. Nice. I don't think anyone goes. Higher than that. I've been told I look like Paul Bettany, but I'm not so sure about that. Well, I think, you know, I, I think it's that embodiment of spirit, right? You know, the, the, the sort of Cape Blanchett tier is, I think, you know, you, Paul Bettany could certainly be up there for you. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I will no doubt have this percolating in my mind as we carry on talking. So if I just suddenly shout out someone's name, 
that's who my top tier is. But at the moment, James Corden, level one, Christian Slater, level two, I'm very happy with. <laughs> Excellent. How about you, Grace? What else have you been watching? Um, so I watched Best Interests, which we just spoke about um, with uh, Adam's mum, and uh, really, really, really loved that. Again, massive recommendation. Um, so I guess the two, well, and somebody somewhere I'm carrying on, which I'm always loving. So I've had three really good shows this week and one quite major dud. And just like that, season two. Oh, God, it's it's not good, guys. It's not good. I don't know what you're expecting. <laughs> Some sort of major redemption arc. I don't know. What, in the writer's room? Oh, my goodness me. So season one, obviously, it had a clunky start, but it came it came good in the end, in my opinion, just just about. But Jesus, season two for me, the writing is so bad. I I don't understand. I don't understand how it's so bad. I mean, it's like you know when you're watching a TV show and people are having a conversation, and all you can think is nobody talks like this. It's it's really hard to watch, guys. I'm actually really struggling. And it's hard because I, I'm kind of invested. Obviously, I'm very invested in the characters. and But I, I just don't know if I can do it, you know. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry for you to hear that that's the case. Um, I mean, you know, as you said, like season one started clunkily. Maybe they'll, they'll find their footing a bit. Are you going to stick with it? Oh, God. Um, I think... I think maybe I'll give it one more and if it doesn't start turning the the boat around it's just some of the choices about some of these characters that we love and have loved for a long time just feel very odd yeah it feels like when they're sitting down in a scene together everyone just wants to talk about themselves it's just terrible exposition and just there's a whole conversation about poached eggs in episode two that it's time I will never get back <laughs> wouldn't you say the four of them sitting down and all they want to do is talk about themselves wouldn't you say that's probably quite truthful writing <laughs> yeah maybe you're right maybe we've been spoilt with uh, this fictional drama of people actually caring about other people's lives yeah it's just it's it's just I'm, I'm disappointed at the moment so stay tuned and I'll let you know if it improves but that's it what about you Adam well I I finished somebody somewhere um but I'm gonna park my thoughts on that until you've finished the season yeah overall still a recommendation from me uh just love spending time with with those characters uh the new shows that I've watched this week uh I'm a Virgo which is one that we mentioned as a, a preview last week uh this is the Boots Riley show about a 13 foot tall teenager and it is it's uh it's off the wall it's a little bit nuts I don't know if I I am enjoying it I, I will say I'm enjoying it. It, it he's kind of got this group of friends there's a sort of you know, the very much the, the topic is otherness and racism and being treated differently and how sort of celebrity and difference sometimes is is abused, but also just generally how poorly people of colour are treated in America. I mean, I, the question I was going to ask is such a marked different tone from what you just said. My question is, because this is something I do want to watch, but I have been apprehensive. Do you have to be a Virgo to watch it? Uh, no, definitely not. You don't have to be a Virgo to watch it. There is definitely a line where the being of a Virgo is brought up, but it's not. Um, I, I definitely, yeah, you know, you can be any. I'm a Capricorn and I've watched it. But you would say that being a Capricorn, though, right? That's classic Capricorn. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. 
There's a really nice take on, on adult adult animation shows. They use this this fictional adult animation to explore a lot of different stuff. And I think that's really, really clever. I'm enjoying that. There's this this theme running through it where the, the lights literally go out, the power goes out virtually every evening. So they, these people are literally powerless and you're kind of reminded that of that constantly throughout it. There's a superhero figure uh, called The Hero, uh, who's played by Walton Goggins, who I think is absolutely brilliant. And I'm, yeah, really curious to see how it all pans out. But yeah, it, it's fascinating. I think it is really, really fascinating. It's just very, very different, I think, to any other show out there. But yeah, I, I will talk more about that when I've finished the series, because I am going to see it through now. I've watched about three or four of them. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued and enjoying it. How many episodes in the series and roughly how long is an episode? So again, they're about 30-minute episodes. I think I'm halfway through, so I think there are six, six, maybe seven episodes in total. I think I've got three more to watch. Um, it's on Prime Video. I'm a Virgo. Uh, it, it definitely won't be for everyone, I think, unless you you will need a, a very sort of open mind in terms of storytelling techniques, I think, to enjoy this. But I feel like there's a lot of value in there if you, if you do have that approach to it. Uh, I did watch one episode of Ruby Speaking, which is the call center comedy. It's fine. It's fine. It's it's the virtual opposite to I'm a Virgo in that it's kind of nice and safe and comfortable, and that it's exactly sort of what you'd expect. They're all they're all good in it. It's got some moments of comedy. Um, there's much more stuff that I would want to watch other than that at the moment. So. I'm not going to continue with it, but it's still on the list. So I think if you are looking for a sort of a gentle comedy about a call centre, uh, if that's your thing, then grand, go for that. I do want to talk about a couple of other shows that I've, I've been continuing on with. So I'm nearly at the end of The Full Monty, and this has grown and grown and grown on me. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's got uh, it's got sort of Last of the Summer Wine vibes. Sorry, um, I just want to just clarify. So it's a grower, not a shower. It's the grower, not a shower. Definitely. <laughs> there is no nudity involved in this show. Anyway, there are sort of last of the summer wine vibes, you know, in those early seasons of that show, which was, you know, which was funny. And we're dealing with old people. We're dealing with the older generation and kind of the difficulties that they go through. It's, it is that state of the nation piece, um, Damien. And are, are you feeling any affinity with these storylines? Are you thinking, wow, it's, it's just like my life? <laughs> well, I'm not quite at a similar age age level to them yet. I think it does it does really like show those. I think the most moving storyline is about the character that is kind of forgotten by society, and it is about those sort of things of you know they had this big moment in their lives with the, with the, the film, the events of the film of Full Monty, and it kind of being the, the sort of best days of their lives, and it's sort of about what's happened to those characters since. So it it builds this world of Sheffield in the you know, current day, and it looks at a lot of social ills and how a community can combat those things together. And it does it in a really, largely, I would say, sort of authentic way. But yeah, I think there's such a great world of these these characters and, and you do grow to love the newer ones as well as the older, more familiar ones as well. So yeah, there are some moments where suspension of disbelief is needed, but I, I found it a really moving and enjoyable show so well, I'm glad the other one that I continued with is barbecue showdown oh Izzy will be thrilled I mean continued with I have finished season two <laughs> now this is a tiny spoiler 
because the judges did something once, which I thought was fine, and then the judges did something, the same thing a second time, and it was a little bit much for me. It went from being a barbecue letdown to me being down with the barbecue show, because the ending of it was brilliant. Now, mm. just pick that. Go on. Sorry, Grace, I keep interrupting you. No, just me and David's face is just both a bit gormless at that. Let me give you a few of the lines, a few of the, the choice lines from the show. Well, this spoiler territory we're in now. Just in that these lines are spoken at some point. You can be at the parade with the big band and still go home to a shack. Now, how many times do I have to hear that? It depends how determined you are, but a lot can happen in three minutes. Grace on a Friday night. <laughs> I love you like a fat kid loves cake. I'm pretty sure that's a line by 50 Cent. I believe it is. Or is it Snoop Dogg? God, we're so white. Speak for yourself. <laughs> and then probably my favourite one was, it's, it's an exchange. So the first line was, when it squirts back in your face, that's when you know it's enough. Oh, Jesus. And the reply, the instant reply was, words to live by. So let me get this right. Oscar Wilde is in the writer's room for this show. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I, I, I can hugely recommend Barbecue Showdown. Really, really brilliant stuff. God, I've got one more that I've finished. Started, finished and done. Steel Town Murders demo. Oh, hey. I don't know why I went Canadian because it's set in Wales. What did you think? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. This was my train watch. I needed something I could download and watch on the train. Um, so I, I but I, and then I was kind of slowly getting through the first two episodes. And then I was like, right, I need to know what happens now. So I, I, I added the third and the fourth quite quickly. Yeah, it's, it's about the failings of a 70s police force and the limitations of a more modern force. But it is really a show about when DNA first became a thing. I would say that more so than it being a murder mystery thriller. I think I was expecting a twist that, that didn't quite come at the end. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's, it's one of the limitations of having something that's that's based on a real case. And obviously, as you said, the kind of scientific breakthrough, uh, the evidential breakthrough is so significant, but it does mean that there isn't quite that payoff in episode four. Yeah, I think that's fair. But overall, really well performed, like, you know, interesting. Uh, the cast are all great. I think it was, it's a four episode thing. And I think it keeps your interest throughout. So yeah, I would, I would recommend watching it. But yeah, I think view it with those glasses on. So it's been a while and you put it off before. Um, and I didn't say that personally. But have you watched any of the shows that I recommended for your watch list, Adam? <laughs> yes, my watch list update. So I watched two episodes. Or I'll, I'll start with the shows that you recommended. So I watched two episodes of Gamora and I watched two episodes of Underbelly. And these were both kind of crime shows, to be fair, that have been out for quite some time. They're not they're sort of quite not. I wouldn't say that they were dated. I might say the Australian one, Underbelly, was a little bit dated. But uh, yes, so I was enjoying them. But at the time, I had so many shows on the watch list, and, and a lot of them were these kind of half-hour comedy shows. So Parks and Rec and Upright just fit more into the vibe of what I was watching. I would say I think I enjoyed Gamora a bit more than Underbelly. Underbelly is very much uh, a sort of... Well, there was, there was just a lot more breastage in that first episode than I was expecting when I started watching it on the train. But yeah, that's based on a true story as well, right, Underbelly? Yeah, I mean, it's fair to say that there is quite a lot of breastage 
in underbelly. But when it comes to Gamora, you see an awful lot of Naples. <laughs> That's good. Come on. That is a goodie. Yeah, I think I think Gamora, I, I, I struggled a little bit to really engage with the characters initially, but I was like, I've only watched two episodes and I need to give it a bit more time uh, to, to get into that, I think. So I paused Gamora until I could get into it a bit more, uh, give it a bit more time. Yeah, so what I would say is I think that's all quite fair. Underbelly's definitely dated, certainly season one. We're looking at a show that was released 15 years plus, I think. It's good fun, but it's not as serious as... Gamora. Gamora is proper stuff. So I think you kind of, you get more out of it by sitting down and watching it. And because it's in another language, it's mostly in the dialect of the people of Naples. So I think, yeah, it's one of those ones where sitting down and being in the right mood for it, it's it's a great watch. Great. Well, I have put Gamora's now back on the list. So I'm going to be continuing with that because I have finished Upright season one in which Dulcie Collins, I think the actor's name is Kate Box from uh, Deadlock. She appears in Upright season one, which was lovely to see. Upright was just one of the most beautiful shows I've ever seen. Like Grace, I think you will love it. It's definitely up your street. So yeah, I'm I'm really glad, and I'm I'm kind of desperate to watch season two. Although I know Izzy hasn't watched season two yet because it had not so good reviews, but I'm gonna. I'm keeping upright on my on my list of things to add to my ongoing watch list. List of things to add to the list. That's yeah. healthy. Yeah. But uh, where can I watch? Where can I watch upright? It's on Now TV, uh, and they are like 25, 30 minute episodes again. Like really, really quick watch. Brilliant stuff. And Parks and Rec. Yes, season one done. Thoroughly enjoyed. And I'm gonna go straight into season two. So oh. season two of Parks and Rec and Gamora are two of the watch lists that I'm going to be continuing on with now. I'm so jealous that you're on your Parks and Rec journey. It's only going to get better from here and then it gets worse. But for a long time, it's very good. <laughs> yeah, I guess my main question is, have you met Sebastian yet? I don't think so. No. Sebastian is very important. So. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I've met Sebastian yet. No. And so just to clarify for any Parks and Rec fans, that's not a character in Parks and Rec. You haven't just lost your mind. No, uh, Sebastian is very important. In Parks and Rec? Yeah, I can't say any more because then it definitely would uh, reach into spoiler territory and I would be a complete ass if I did that. Gotcha, oink. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, that will make sense to me in due course, I'm sure. Damo, have you watched uh, the, the latest Silo? No, oh my God, I've, I've not watched anything. Work has been so mad, I've barely seen anything, but I'm excited. I'm two, I'm missing two episodes of Silo, I think. Yeah, I think finale is this week, this Friday, come on. So uh, we will definitely, you have to get caught up so we can do a little Silo wrap up. And also I've watched uh, more of the crowded room and I, those that didn't enjoy it won't enjoy it still. Um, but I'm I'm still finding interest in there, so I'm keeping it going that's it that's me deadlock is still definitely very very good and worth continuing with i'm i'm continuing with deadlock and very much enjoying yeah i, I do want to get back to that as well talking about the crowded room i saw an interview with tom holland where he was asked about being hardworking and persevering and he said well look i'm in a show that is getting absolutely panned and i'm still here doing press junkets i think that talks about my work ethic <laughs> 
Yes, well, it's a shame. Poor old Tom. I think I yeah, I'm I'm reserving judgment for a few more episodes, but it is it's slow. It is slow. But I think it's still beautifully shot and there's there's definitely still some value in it. Shall we talk about what's coming out this week? Let's do it. Do you want to kick us off with Hijack Grace? Yeah, I do. Hijack comes out on the 28th of June on Apple TV Plus. Oh. Sorry, Adam. Adam's Apple TV Plus. Uh, Told in real time, Hijack is a tense thriller starring Idris Elba that follows the journey of a hijacked plane as it makes its way to London over a seven hour flight. When flight KA29 is hijacked during its seven hour journey, I mean, we've had that info twice, from Dubai to London, corporate negotiator Sam Nelson tries to use his professional skills to save everyone on board. Max Beasley, Rashenda Sandal and Ben Miles also star. I did see the uh, the trailer for this. Uh, I I think I've gone off Idris Elba, you know. No. Two things. Number one, funnily enough, I had this conversation with Raluca yesterday. I think I've I've, I've lost a little bit of admiration for Idris because he's everywhere. And number two, we were talking about what would be level three actor for me. I think it's fair to say Idris Elba, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah definitely why do you say that he's everywhere what what is he doing that makes you feel like i i'm i'm worried for poor idris and, and to, what's he done that's made him fall in your estimations i think it's it's the uh what are those ads he's been doing which ones it, right thank you he's just he's always he's always cropping up <laughs> this sounds very exciting this show i just think like yeah i don't know there's something about Idris Elba at the moment. I'm just not feeling it. Okay. I was going to suggest this as the, the watch list episode for next week, because uh, I think it looks pretty, pretty special. You know, there's 24 vibes here, given that it's uh, shot in real time. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the thing I will say is, he's a bloody charming, charismatic man. So even if I'm like, oh, I've seen more of Idris Elba than I have my own girlfriend the last couple of months, maybe... Maybe I will sit down and watch that and be like, well, another half hour won't hurt. Yeah, I'm happy to make this the watches. I'm, I'm happy to, you know, it does look good. Do I sound convincing? <laughs> well, we get two episodes of this, I believe, released on Wednesday, 28th of June. Um, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this and we'll definitely be watching both. Um, let's hold off on the decision of the watch list episode because this next show, Grace might be something that you're more interested in. In the the day after, on Thursday the 29th of June, The Witcher Season 3, the long-awaited third season of hit Netflix show The Witcher, finally comes to our screen. Obviously based on the globally popular fantasy saga from Polish writer Andrzej Sapkowski, this one sees Geralt take Ciri of Sintra into hiding, determined to protect his newly reunited family against those who threaten to destroy it. Entrusting with Ciri's magical training, Yennefer leads them to the protected fortress of Arachusa, where she hopes to discover more about the girl's untapped powers. Instead, they discover they've landed in a battlefield of political corruption, dark magic and treachery. They must fight back, put everything on the line, or risk losing each other forever. Henry Cavill, Anya Chalotra, Freya Allen and Joey Beatty return. And I couldn't be more excited. This is Henry's last season as Geralt, right? Yes, because then a Hemsworth takes over, right? One of the many Hemsworths. 
So it's already been confirmed, I think, for season four and maybe also season five, The Witcher. Will it make you more likely to watch it if if Henry Cavill's not in it, Damo? No. <laughs> Sorry. Look, I love the game and I've been meaning to read the books for a long, long time because I think it is an interesting world. I just, it suffers from that same thing that for me, Power of the Rings has. It's it's not easy. These, you know, lots of people think that you just have to put people in some costumes and make up some names for places and you can create a fantasy, you know, saga worth watching. But it just doesn't hit enough of the notes for me. This internal logic is flawed. I don't necessarily think some of the casting is right. Ugh. It's not aimed at me, basically. And that's fine. Yeah, fair enough. I think, you know, perhaps an over-reliance on blood splatter and slow motion as effects. Um, but I think they do the monsters really well. Um, and I am just, yeah, I'm all in for uh, fantasy nonsense. As I know, the two of you aren't quite so much. But yeah, I'll be watching The Witcher, which isn't easy to say. And I'll, I'll let you know how I get on. Uh, this next one might be more up your street, though, Damo. Oh, is that the uh, Ken Bruce's radio music quiz coming to Channel 4? No, no, no. The 26th no. of June? Because that is definitely up my street. <laughs> no, it's the addendum that I sent. Goodness me, an addendum? Actually, this is up Damo Street. Oh, Yes, this is absolutely up my street. Sorry, my useless email. Yes, on the 1st of July on BBC comes Champion. As famous British rapper Bosco Champion attempts a comeback, his dutiful sister Vita discovers that her own talent could take her to the top. It's Champion versus Champion. Stars Deja J. Bowens, Malcolm Camulete, who is Top Boy's Ranel, who, let's be honest is one of the best things in the first two series of Top Boy slash Top Boy Summer House. How Top Boy came into your life. And I'm definitely going to watch it because Ronell's in it. A, a man who I think should have been working non-stop after that show because he's just so good. So, yeah, and it's written and created by Candice Carty-Williams. Yeah, I think this looks brilliant. I've watched the trailer for this and I've listened to an interview with uh, Candice Carty-Williams talking about the show as well. So I'm I'm also quite excited about this one. Ryanel kind of disappeared after season two, didn't he? Where there was no, he was one of those victims of the switch from, was it Channel 4 to Netflix? Yeah. Um, but we were, we're expecting, you know, more Top Boy at some point this year, aren't we? Big time. Yeah. You September, right? Is that what you were just saying, Grace? Yeah, September, yeah. <laughs> I pay attention. I don't think we've got a confirmed date, but you are you you are right in saying that that Ken Bruce's radio music quiz podcast comes to Channel Four on the twenty sixth of June. But you failed to mention that Jack Ryan's season four comes to Prime oh. Video on the thirtieth of June. Have you ever watched any Jack Ryan? Who, who's so, Jack Ryan? Who stars in Jack Ryan? John Krasinski, is it? Yes, I remember now. And also your dude from The Wire, Funk, Funk from The Wire. Yeah, I watched the first series and thought it was okay. Uh, because the first series is the fish out of water. He's an analyst and he suddenly finds himself being like a full on spy. Uh, not really a spoiler. That's in the first 10 minutes of the first episode. And he does some pretty extreme shit. Some would call it a war crime. And then who cares by that point? Okay. If John Krasinski wasn't so buff and tall and big anyway, that might be more interesting. But it's like, oh my God, I'm such a nerdy analyst guy but I'm also built like a brick shit house, So I'm already physically imposing. I just might occasionally wear glasses in the scene. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, 
I don't know. I, can't, I mean, they've strung it out to four seasons. I believe this is the last one, right? Yes. Okay, let's move on then to news very quickly. Uh, so Netflix had their Tadum event where they announced a whole load of things, dropped a whole load of trailers. I've just picked out a few of the more interesting ones, I think. Uh, in that Linda Hamilton is going to be joining the cast of Stranger Things Season 5, which makes me think we're going to get some Terminator vibes in the latest season. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. Talking about Terminator vibes, Fubar is renewed for Season 2. I know you're a big fan of Fubar, Adam. And you said it was your one to watch for 2023, wasn't it? Uh, I think you've just missed out the word not from that sentence. But yeah, apparently uh, Arnie did introduce Linda Hamilton on stage at the Tudum event. But yes, Fubar is coming back from a second season. It's probably doing sort of fairly well for, for watchers, I guess. More excitingly than that, though, is that Squid Game The Challenge for our reality TV fans. Uh, that's due to come out in November. Um, so we'll be seeing uh, real life people taking on the Squid Game challenges in November. What also I see from from the agenda is Emily in Paris, as we all know, is a show that's very popular for some reason. Um, But season four has been confirmed for Emily in Paris, except it won't be Emily in Paris. It will be Emily in Rome. Allora. (laughs) Well, it's going to be set in Rome, but it's still going to be Emily in Paris. It's just going to be Emily in Paris in Rome. So they've run out of horrendous French stereotypes. They've gone, oh, <laughs> let's pick another country in Europe that's really easy to make some stereotypes about. Uh, let's go for Rome in Spain. <laughs> yes, a little bit bonkers. But uh, back on the reality TV tip, we've got news, Grace, that The Traitors Australia is coming to BBC Three on the 9th of July. And a little tie-in for you here, Damo. Roger oh, Corker. Yeah who played Detective Steve Owen in Underbelly, is going to be the Claudia Winkleman of Traitors Australia. Now, as you know, I love an Australian spin-off, Married at First Sight Australia. So I'm here for this. Yeah, so my question is, I know as we were talking before about Underbelly having a lot of breastage, do you think there's a chance Roger will be showing off his Winkleman? (laughs) I don't think it's that sort of show. Um... Uh, the big twist on this this version of the traitors, right, is that they start off with four traitors, not three. I wonder what that's going to do to the dynamic. Probably not almost, much. Almost finally on news then, the Quantum Leap reboot uh, is coming to Paramount Plus on the 13th of July. Uh, this stars Raymond Lee in the Scott Bakula role and also Ernie Hudson of Ghostbusters fame will co-star. Meanwhile, Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies and three other shows have been cancelled and will be completely removed from Paramount Plus in what is a growing trend for our streaming platforms to take stuff that they we were led to believe was going to be on there for some time. Uh, Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies has not been out for very long at all. This leads, obviously, to the big debate about not having our own physical or digital safe copies of TV shows. Because if you were, say, a big fan of Grace Rise of the Pink Ladies and you wanted to keep that, how can you watch it now? Never again. VHS, surely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, it's bizarre, I think. I mean, you know, Disney Plus got rid of Willow, um, why why the last man? I mean 
These aren't probably the most popular or successful shows, obviously, otherwise they would have kept them on there. But I thought Willow was decent and deserved to be on the platform for a longer period of time. I probably wouldn't have gone back and watched it again, but I thoroughly enjoyed it first time round. I think it just sounds like they've got to upgrade their storage. <laughs> it's partly to do with residuals and partly to do with the licence fees. They have to pay the makers for keeping it on there. So there's clearly a financial reason behind it all, but it is worrying for those those of us that pay lots of money for our streaming platforms. I've got one final bit of news for you, and I know you're both going to be really, really keen to hear this. This is off agenda, but uh, it's been announced that the Secret Invasion opening titles sequence was created by AI. AI who? Artificial intelligence. I'm telling you, it's a fad. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it... I think it shows, but um, yeah, they weren't particularly memorable opening titles, but... Obviously, I'm a huge fan. I think it goes without saying. But just for those who aren't, what is Secret Invasion? So Secret Invasion is the new uh, Marvel Disney Plus show. Uh, First episode came out last week on Wednesday. And Isabel Dixon and I will be covering this in specials. We're going to start off by doing the first two episodes, so... We're going to record this week after episode two has landed. But it sees Nick Fury, former head of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, engage with some Skrulls, an alien race who have the ability to shapeshift. Is that also one where the, the little boy has to take the ring to the volcano? No, no, no. That's Lord of the Rings, that one. This one does have Don Cheadle, Martin Freeman, Olivia Coleman, and Amelia Clark in it. So pretty stellar cast. So far, Amelia Clark and Olivia Coleman are the standouts of the show after the first episode. But yeah, I'll get into all of that with Izzy, who actually gives a shit. I mean, that is a good cast, though, that I'm almost tempted to watch it from the from the cast list, I have to say. I think you should watch the first two episodes and join me and Izzy to, to talk about it, because it would be great to get someone's perspective who has literally no knowledge of what the F is going on. <laughs> or interest. <laughs> Demo, it's all you. Well, great. Grand. Anything else then? Any other final little bits uh, anyone wants to talk about? Are we done? Well, just I've had an absolutely great time. I've had such a lovely time. As ever, as ever. If you want to tell us how much of a good time you've had and who with, uh, you can contact us on the social media at TVDNAPod or email TVDNAPod at gmail.com. Uh, what what special? We talked about all the specials, haven't we? Best interests, Black Mirror, and Secret Invasion coming soon, and then we'll perhaps pick a show for sometime in July that we'll cover on a weekly basis. Uh, we're gonna do we're gonna do Silo. We're gonna do one more Silo demo. Yeah, why not? Great. And so for next week, what we say in Hijack? Oh, we didn't pick one, did we? Hijack or The Witcher or Champion? Uh, no, Hijack can't be The Witcher. The Witcher's three seasons in. You can't have Grace watch the first episode of season three of The Witcher. But I want to understand about series magical training and Yennefer. Hey, whoa, whoa. Be careful with how much scorn you put on the name Yennefer. <laughs> so Hijack, next week we're going to be talking about Hijack. Bye, Adam. A couple of... <laughs> We've lost it. Wrap it up now. It sounds like a couple of us will also be watching Champion, so I'm sure we'll talk about that as well. Thank you very much for listening. Do give us a rating or review, preferably a five-star one. We'll be back soon. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Oh, sorry.